It's a brand new day, and we're putting the AM in American politics. We've seen the darkness of division and despair and are now jumping into the light of a bright path forward. Progress is here, and we're sharing its story with you, for you, all with the help of Signal Boost. Now, here are your hosts, Zerlina Maxwell and Jess McIntosh. Welcome to Signal Boost. This is Jess McIntosh. I am talking to Tara Lipinski, Olympic champion, figure skater, actor, one of the best sports commentators in the business. Uh, now she is executive producing Meddling, a four-part Peacock documentary on uh, one of the wildest scandals in sports. I am so excited for this. I've seen the first couple of episodes, but I, I can't wait to get into the, the rest. This is, okay, I know the story because I'm a true crime nerd. And okay. I always thought it was crazy that you couldn't just like say 2002 Olympics to anybody on earth and have them say Canada was robbed right back. Like this scandal totally changed the sport. Why, why do you think there hasn't been a single deep dive until now in, in 20 years? I don't know. I, I think at the time there was such a, an explosion in the media about it. And it's it's it encompassed the Olympics at that moment. Yes. Right. And I think that's why change actually happened and happened so quickly and another set of gold medals were awarded. But, you know, I, I looked into it with my husband, obviously, who we, we direct, he directed and I produced yep. this together and it was our first project together. And I think, so cool. you know, of course, doing a skating doc is, is close to my heart and we were looking for stories in the world. And I, I realized, of, of course, we've heard so much about other scandals like Tanya and Nancy, um, but in a while, it's going to be 20 years this February. And like you said, there really wasn't, you know, a, a deep dive, comprehensive look at every single person involved, why it happened, where it started, um, who was really at fault. So it was, it was a fun, exciting adventure for us over this past year. We traveled to France and Russia and Canada. And, you know, as someone who, you know, thinks I know a lot about my sport, <laughs> I, I grew up in it since I, I was three years old. Um, I learned so much. And I think, you know, probably to the general public, looking back, if they remember this, they would think, oh, the French judge just woke up that day and decided to cheat and preferred the Russians and, and did the wrong thing. And, and so it's so layered and nuanced and, um, you know, it's a four part, you know, doc series that we were really able to, to not only try to uncover who was to blame, where it started. Um, and, but also take a look at the, the skaters involved in their perspective 20 years later and, and their backstories, which are so interesting, you know, Elena, so Berichnaya, um, the Russian skater, or like her, her story to me is, is so impactful. And, and as we went through this, I really wanted people to know, cause I don't think, you know, they see these skaters for a few minutes at an Olympic games and they don't really know what went into the making of that moment or what they've been through personally. But she had um, quite the story of, you know, really getting into skating, Russia seeing her talent. She never really wanted to be a skater, was torn away from her family as a little girl and sent mm -hmm. to a different city and then was paired up with an abusive partner who emotionally and physically abused her to the point that uh, you know, where it ended, where they were doing a spin and, and his blade went through her head, her skull, and she was in a coma and had to relearn to walk and talk and speak. And this woman went on to, to, to skate again and win an Olympic game. So, you know, yeah. these stories are, are inspiring, but it, it's also very sad as you go back through this moment in time and, and you realize that the, these four skaters, their lives were were impacted not only in that moment, but to this day, and they never really will have that 
Olympic moment um, and memory to, to call their own. So right. it, it was, um, it's been really interesting. We spoke with the French judge who hasn't talked to American media. In that was shocking. Years. I couldn't believe that you got her. <laughs> I, I, I couldn't believe it either. And um, we spent a week with her in France and, and really got a look into her life and, and boy, has her life been impacted by this event, you know, she, she went back to Salt Lake, moved in with her mom again. And, um, you know, she's still living there and still trying to, to figure out what's next. And, you know, obviously skating, um, has shunned her for these last 20 years and, you know, her own life has been in question, you know, where she feels, you know, there's no place for her. So there's, there's, you know, so many emotional stories and, and so many people involved that, um, you know, we had a lot to cover in a year. <laughs> yes. No, I, I mean, and, and again, this is a story that I thought I knew, but I am, I am learning so much more than just the sort of the, 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 the gloss version that I had before. I, so before we, before we dive into to what we are, what, what you're actually uncovering in this doc, did you follow it in real? So you and I are the same age, but obviously you had a very different perspective on the 2002 Olympics than I did me being a, a teenager in the suburbs and you being <laughs> the gold medal winner of the previous Olympics. How did you follow the scandal in real time? How, how yes. aware were you that something cataclysmic was happening? Right. I mean, I was there, I was at those Olympic games watching and, and I was working in, in, um, you know, a different capacity, obviously <laughs> than a, an athlete and, um, on the ice competing, but you know, I was there, watched it unfold. And again, it's one of the biggest things to ever really hit skating. Um, The biggest, one of the biggest scandals. And, you know, at the time, I think though, like most other people, and this is what I've discovered through the process of this last year is I, I didn't really know exactly what, what was happening. You know, it was, it, it really just came down to the French judge. And I think that's what the general public would take away yes. from it, but it's much more than the the French judge. There's a French federation behind that French judge. Mm-hmm. There's people that were making deals from every different federation, all the other countries. Obviously, it was block judging. It you know wasn't just her vote; she was the swing vote. But there were other people that voted for the Russians that night, and so you know, you look back and I grew up in this, this era of, of figure skating and the 6.0 judging system where judges just flip up a card and, and it, there was really no criteria. It was totally subjective before could, this scandal. 100%. I mean, figure right. skating will always be subjective and there will, you know, unless we get a clock or a finish line, it's, it's never going to change. And then you'll lose the be... artistry. Like figure skating is one, of the, it's, right. it's one of those sports where like, yes, there is technical athleticism that can be objectively scored, but it's also, it's about how pretty it is. It's 100%, about the, which the style movement. comes yeah. down to per- personal preference. But what I will say is now the greatest part of what happened in 2002 is that we got a new judging system and now everything is accounted for every step a skater right. takes. So yes, there may be some still subjectivity where where the artistic score, or we, we call it the component score, is concerned. But really in my mind, you know, being part of the sport, I'd say back then, it, the skating was subjective, maybe 90% of, of the score and 10% you had to follow if they were falling or not on the ice. Whereas now, I really think that the new system that's in place really only leaves maybe the opposite, maybe five to 10% of, of personal opinion 
um, and the rest is locked down and judged 100% on um, a protocol that needs to be followed. And, and thank goodness for that. No, I, so I wanted to ask you to break down that scoring system because, of course, we are on the verge of another Winter Olympic Games and people are going, like the scoring that they see in Beijing is because of what happened in 2002, which will probably not be discussed at any point. But when when people are watching skating be scored, can, can, you, can you talk through, like, what were the specific changes that got made to take us from this 6.0 subjective right. to what we have today? Well, it's much more complicated to follow now, whereas before it was pretty easy to the audience 6.0 was perfect and, you know, 5.9 was great and 5.8 was good. And, and now it's, it's just a, a 78.66, but that's because the 0.66 literally tenths of a point are being counted up for, for everything that a skater is doing. So it's split into two different sets of scores, the technical score, and then the component score, which is the artistic score, but it's, but it's, it's complicated, um, and I'm glad it is. And, you know, the technical <laughs> score comes down to the spins, the jumps, all the technical feats that you see, and they have base values for each element. And then how well it's executed is there's criteria that you have to follow for that. And then the component score, yes, there's an artistic element that could be subjective at times, but essentially even that is locked down now where – you the skating quality the depth of edge what the skater is doing performance wise and character wise is is all being taken into account so you know that like i said going back through you know this past year and and talking to all the skaters and and the people involved they're really it, it was really sad and yeah. the only thing that the shining moment from that event though was this judging system and I'm not sure if that event didn't happen uh, anything would have changed at this point well, it, it was, had to be as dramatic as that to to create change that that's sort of what what I'm left with after contemplating this story is that this was I mean if, if you have to change the whole system then you're probably not dealing with one bad judge on one bad day. <laughs> but right. the, what happened in 2002 was so very, one, it had been so hyped because it was the Olympics following 9-11 and you know how the, America, the United States, we, you know, we annex Canada when it's to our convenience. We decide that we're the same country sometimes <laughs> yes. and, then, and then we disavow them in the other ways. But like, so this was coming down to a, a U.S., you know, North America v. Russia situation since it was happening in Salt Lake City. We had fully adopted the Canadian team as ours. I'm sure if you asked a lot of Americans now, they would have said America was robbed in 20, 2002. Yeah, I feel like, like people get a little confused on that. They do. They do. I think we do that intentionally. You know, anything that's good and nearby, America's like, yeah, that's ours. <laughs> but <laughs> but so, so since the world was watching and the the issue was an obvious technical issue like both both pairs skate perfectly skate beautifully but there's there's a clear mistake that the russians make that like even a layperson can see in an otherwise flawless program so i think my question is after watching this were there other instances that just weren't so obvious and and glaring to the entire world who was for the first time ever totally riveted by pairs figure skating well i think yes i think the the subjectivity and the judging went back from from that moment to the start of skating and we we talked to so many people we talked to scott hamilton and 
it was even yeah. eye-opening there to have him tell us about when he was skating what the judging was like and um you know at the end of the day that I think a lot of skaters that were supposed to win were supposed to win an event would win because they'd have the performance of their life and they wouldn't fall you know the obvious markers uh, or red flags right. but when it get when it when I think the the issue is is when it gets a little hazy or fuzzy or oh that was just a small step out or a small technical mistake or both these skaters skated on par with each other then that's when um the politics of skating uh would come through and that shouldn't be the case you know even if even if it's a bit hazy and and that's what happened at the 2002 games where the the russian skater he stepped out of a jump he didn't exactly fall um, right. but I but think it stumbles. was very clear. You could tell. To, right. But it was very clear to everyone watching when they watched the Canadians, how flawless their program was. And, um, you know, the judging and the politics of skating couldn't get away with it again. And yeah. I think with it being in the United States, there was so many eyes and it was live and you had commentators that were outraged in the moment and the media immediately, you know, involve themselves which thank goodness because again I don't think there would have been a lot of change unless this happened if those if those Olympic games happened to have been held in let's say Sochi do you think that we might have seen a different result or no no outcry at the result that we got I I don't I think if it was held somewhere else and it wasn't live and you didn't have the American media involved in the moment I I really don't think anything would have changed I think it, there wouldn't have been a second medal awarded. I mean, if you think at the time, at first, um, the ISU came out and said they would look and investigate, you know, this issue months after the Olympics, and and no one wanted to take that answer. Um, right. And and so it quickly got resolved, where medals were awarded within a few days because the media was so intense. I I think everyone knew the the Olympics were becoming about this pair scandal and nothing else. And they knew they had to change that. One of one of the things that I was fully not aware of before I started watching this documentary was the cultural tradition in Russia of pair skating. Like I knew that Russia, like you hear Russia dominates the sport, Russia dominates the sport. But I don't think that it had occurred to me that Russia had gone 40 years of gold in this sport. Mm-hmm. They, Has they that- dominated uh, pair skating for so many years. The legacy... Uh, was golden for 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 Russia when it came to fig- for pair skating and you know Anna, Anton and Elena are are incredible athletes and pair yes. skaters and and very well could be the Olympic champions on that night you know there would be no scandal if he skated clean and maybe then it really was going to come down to a hair of who was better who wasn't but that's that's not what happened um, right. And, you know, if you, if you were in that arena, uh, it was, it was magnet, the, the, the electricity in that arena after the Canadians skated, it, it was undeniable. And I think that, you know, even if you weren't a skating fan, you knew something was, was, was fishy. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think I, I, that's, and that's the piece of it that, that I remember what I, what I, what I didn't know was how wildly sympathetic all four protagonists were and I I right you know I I had no idea what Elena had gone through I knew about the accident I knew that she had been in a coma and come back so she had a little bit of that underdog story but just the 
the the abuse like from start to finish from from the time she was a very young age being taken away from her family to the point that she's put with this monster who beats her in public i mean scott hamilton talks in the documentary about seeing him hit her well that's you know for me what's frustrating as someone inside the sport a lot of times i feel like people would be so upset at the Russian team for winning that gold medal. And again, that's why I wanted to tell this story. It, it, these four skaters were like puppets on a string and yeah. they were out there giving up their lives for this Olympic moment. And it was not their fault. And, you know, looking right. at Elena's story and being able to tell her story and hear her talk about it, it was so sad and painful to see what this woman has been through in her life from the very start of not wanting to to be a skater and, and being taken away from her family as a little girl to a new city and then obviously getting involved in a very abusive relationship physically, emotionally. She was essentially trapped and yeah. then to have a horrific injury. Um, and thank goodness Anton was there to help her escape the hospital. Literally and- escape. escape. I mean, I didn't know that there was a lit, like I, like if you had told, I don't know, 17 year old me, however old I was that like the Russian team, they were <laughs> skating. He had actually rescued her from an abusive right. situation, literally under cover of night. And now yes. they were skating together. I don't know that I would have been team Canada. In that well, it's moment. crazy. I mean, <laughs> literally escaped a hospital just yes. on a train and the other skaters on the other platform. It's like out of a movie scene. And, you know, there's also the other layers. Pair skating's interesting because, you know, you connect with your partner and there were two love stories that happened at the same time. Yeah. I mean, Anton gave up his career at the time to care for Elena and rehab her, not even knowing if he was going to give up on his skating dreams because he loved her. And, you know, there's there's so many moments in this that I think people just would not remember and probably didn't know happened at the time. I'm so, I'm just grateful that you're surfacing it for like everybody who is either a fan of this sport or a fan of crazy scandals that happen or a fan, right. of, <laughs> a fan of good stories, frankly. Like this is just a hell of a story and I don't understand why it was buried for this long. And I'm very grateful that you're resurrecting it. Do, do you think the fact that, it, that it's you is why these skaters were so able to be as vulnerable like they were actually like this was a this was a project that was helmed by somebody who had stood exactly where they stood like did that help you get the kind of incredible access that you ultimately got well I I hope I I hope that you know knowing you know I know every single person that was involved in this this scandalous except the you know Russian mobster and I didn't know the French judge and the French judge I was gonna (laughs) So, but I, I've known all these skaters, I've skated with them. And I think they're something that I reminded them all is like, I love figure skating. This is my sport. Like it's your sport. And uh, as a commentator, I want to be able to, to engage an audience and, and make them fall in love with the things about figure skating that I love. So, you know, I, I did promise that this was not going to be some salacious, scandalous look at it. I mean, obviously it's scandalous, but it was going to be just a very real look. I wanted everyone to tell their, their, their story. I wanted, I wanted to lay it down so that the audience at home could decide who was at fault. Um, who do I believe? Who don't I believe? Because to this day, there's still so many question marks, you know, the French judge says she didn't do it. And 
you know, you have to sit at home and watch her and hear her story. And you decide, do you believe her? Was was the French Federation head DDA more to blame than she would? You know, there's just so many, um, you know, answers that I don't know if we'll ever really get. But that's why, you know, I reassured everyone that this was 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 just going to take a deep dive. And we wanted to hear everyone's emotions and perspective on it then and now. And, you know, I, I hope that they all trusted me and 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 knew that, you know, I just wanted to to tell this story in a in a real way and uncover it as we went along, which, you know, I went back and forth a million times over this past year of what do I think? Who's really to blame? You know, that's the question. <laughs> It, I mean, it is, and it, and and we probably won't ever know to the degree that we all want to. But ultimately, I think what's important is is how the sport changed, like how you know how one hundred percent. And I think just the sympathetic view you get of some of these villains, or you know, the the misunderstandings um, of of this story and of, of this scandal that at the time, you know, it was very like you said it was oh the russian team is bad right, right. the french judge <laughs> is bad and those are the only two bad people That's and it. we've got it uncovered oh it's like no and right. i just think it's interesting to look at figure skating at that time to you know people fell in love with with figure skating and you had people like peggy fleming and dorothy hamill and all these you know amazing athletes and it gives you a little uh, uh, peek behind the curtain of the the era of skating that they were competing in and, you know, what it was like. So, you know, I skated in that time. So it's, yeah. it's crazy <laughs> to think that um, so much has changed and, and thank goodness. And, you know, I can't believe it's 20 years later. Okay. So it is, it is 20 years later, which means that we are heading into Olympic games. They start February 4th. I know a, a lot of us, myself included, tune into the Olympics largely to see you and Johnny. So I'm grateful that you will still yes, be there. You so will what, still see us. What are you watching for? Like, are we going to see a quad axle? Like what, <laughs> what, what happens this year? Who should I well, watch? Well, speaking of that, that's exactly what you should watch for in the <laughs> men's event. It's going to be very exciting because Nathan Chen is the heavy gold medal favorite and obviously came very very, very close the last Olympics, um, but had a disastrous short program that took yep. him out. So the last four years, he's been the most dominant skater there is and has won everything, but still has this Olympic gold medal on the line. And uh, Yuzuru Hanyu, um, he is a Japanese two-time Olympic gold medalist and he is coming back. So the rivalry there is very exciting. And his his agenda is to land a quad axle, to be the first man to Oof. land a quad axle. He has yet to do it. But just even seeing him attempt it is is going to be thrilling. I can in the last minute that we have, can I ask you the pressure? Like you're 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 describing the next few weeks, and I'm already like getting smaller on my seat <laughs> because it just seems impossible. And these are very young people largely who are doing it. Like how, what, what advice do you have for them coming in for the first time? Like, how do you handle the entire world is watching and your whole life leads up to this moment? That feels impossible. It's, it is impossible. It's, it's an <laughs> immense amount of pressure that even looking back on how I got through my Olympic game, I have no idea. It seems, 
so surreal that I made it through and I won an Olympic gold medal and all these amazing moments happened for me because, you know, my legs were shaking. I was terrified. I had never felt pressure like I felt at, at that, those Olympics. It's, it's something you can't really prepare for. And obviously as athletes, you, you train for this moment, you train your brain and your mind and um, you try to peak at a certain time. But believe me, when people ask me for advice, I always feel so bad because I, I feel like I don't know. <laughs> no, I feel like usually when you're talking to people that age and they're they're concerned about stressors, you can say, oh, don't worry. It's, no, right. no one cares about this as much as you do. You still have right. your whole life ahead of you. None of that is true for Olympians. <laughs> right. Like 100%, you live for this moment. Yes. You, you've given up 20 years of your life for this moment. Yes. Your, you know, four minutes will determine the, the, the next part of your future. Yeah. And, um, but I, again, isn't that what makes it the yeah. greatest spectacle in the world? Because we get to, we get to watch these athletes who have sacrificed so much, have these moments. And when it all comes together, the, the chills that I get on my arms when I'm commentating are like no other. So that's, that's what these athletes live for, for those moments. And it's a gamble, but you know, that's what makes it so exciting. You guys are built different. Tara Lipinski, thank you so much for joining me today. Uh, the documentary is meddling. I can't recommend it highly enough. It's on Peacock. You got to check it out. You need to know the story. Tara, thank you so much. This has been well, thank super you. fun. And best of luck watching. I know. I can't wait. I cannot wait. So <laughs> I hope everyone enjoys it as much as I do. We will. We will. I'll see you soon. Okay. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you all so much for listening. Please follow us on Twitter at Zerlina Maxwell, at Jess underscore MC, and at Signal Boost Show. 